listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we are talking about a topic that you may have heard a little bit about unless you have been bunkered down in some sort of bomb shelter for the last few months, <laughs> the coronavirus. I know everyone is talking about coronavirus at the moment, but what we want to do here at Aspect Legal is be beacons of light, positivity, but also information because we know we're moving into uncharted territory at the moment and a position locally, but also globally where where things are really uncertain uh, and this obviously has a massive impact on business. Now, today we're going to to talk particularly about the implications of coronavirus on commercial contracts. But into the future, we're actually going to be releasing a number of episodes that talk all about the implications of coronavirus on businesses as a whole. And so stay tuned for our future episodes where we look at different strategies that businesses can put into place and different things that businesses should be aware of. And we're really going to be looking at focusing in a positive light on how business can protect itself, but also arm itself for the future. But we also think it's really important that we get information out there to assist business owners and our larger businesses out there who are dealing with some of the impact that are coming through from the uncertainty that coronavirus is causing. So without further ado, I want to say a very, very big welcome to Robin Purdy from Aspect Legal, who's on here to talk to us today about the implications on commercial contracts. Robin, welcome to Talking Law. Thank you, Joe. Pleasure to be here. And this is my official first podcast with Aspect Legal. So I'm very excited to join <laughs> you all here today. Um, as Joe has indicated, I would like to talk to you all about the unfortunate reality we're finding ourselves in, and that is the impact that coronavirus is having on our clients' businesses. We've got situations where we have international trade and commerce interrupted. Supply chains are obviously being affected. We've got labour shortages. We've got government closures, including uh, in relation to workplaces as well as ports. And obviously, this is all going to have some sort of profound impact on our clients' businesses. We do a lot of work with clients in relation to their supply contracts and other sort of distribution type agreements. And one of the common clauses that we see in these types of agreements are force majeure clauses, which is basically aimed at allowing parties to exit the contract um, or excuse their failure to perform their obligations in certain circumstances. Joe. Yeah, and I think one of the most important things to start off with here is the fact that 
people may not realise that force majeure clauses, you know, generally speaking, they don't look at, which generally speaking might be located at the end of a contract in the boilerplate provisions in the bit where everyone just glosses over and doesn't pay much attention to. I think there's this general feeling out there that force majeure clauses are all the same, all operating the same way, that force majeure has um, a defined meaning. And of course, as we know here in legal land, and why we're passing on this information to you, is that force majeure itself is something that is defined under the contract. So it's so the concept of force majeure or the definition of force majeure is something that's unclear and depends on the contract just as each of the ways that a force majeure event, however that's defined under the contract, is also dealt with. So this is not one of those things where you can just assume there's one way that fits all contracts and that will cover all contracts. Is that right, Robin? That's exactly right, Joe, and that's the situation that we're finding at the moment. You know, typically speaking, as you sort of alluded to there, force majeure clauses are at the back. They are these sort of standard type clauses that everybody sort of sees and pays a bit of lip service to and uh, and then we move on. And it's only, you know, in circumstances like this with the outbreak of coronavirus that we're now having to pay a little bit more attention to these types of clauses and really read into what they mean for the for the parties um, and whether they actually operate as you know as we hope that they do or as the parties had hoped that they would in situations uh, like this. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. You know, generally speaking, you'll you'll see force majeure clauses either really quite detailed. And they might uh, allude to all different types of events like earthquakes, hurricanes, government strikes, wars, terrorist events, and the list can go on and on and on. And then you've got, you know, on the opposite side of the coin, you've got situations where these clauses are very quite vague in nature and they refer to things like circumstances beyond a party's control, acts of God. And in those sort of circumstances, it's not always clear whether the, the party is going to be able to rely on those clauses to obtain the relief that they're looking for and in that circumstance it's usually about trying to exclude their non-performance under the contract. Well yeah and on the flip side it might also be in relation to a supplier agreement that you have. So so I guess there's two sides of this aren't there? They're, they're where you are a supplier or you're seeking protection under a force majeure clause and on the flip side might be where you are seeking enforcement of contractual obligations and your supplier or counterparty is seeking protection under a force majeure clause. Absolutely. We might have issues in either sense. Yes, that's exactly right. You know, both parties are going to have their own sort of reasons why they might want to rely on a force majeure clause or why they might not want to allow the other party to rely on the force majeure clause. You know, whether or not they can is always going to depend on the the specific circumstances of each individual case. Yeah, and th- this is then where we get down to this nitty-gritty of looking at these contracts and saying, well, what do the clauses actually say? And we might, act, we might find um, on this reflection, and I think a lot of people will be pulling out their contracts, and if they're not right now, then after this podcast, they absolutely <laughs> will be pulling out their contracts and having a look at the force majeure clause. I, I mean, I've seen force majeure clauses in the past 
stuff that have been, you know, as crazy as, you know, force majeure being defined as anything that's outside of a party's control at all. And, you know, the meaning of that could, the implication of that could be any supply issue, therefore, is something that might trigger a force majeure event. Absolutely. That could extend very much to basically any interruption in the supply chain that the party couldn't reasonably control is going to be permitted under that force majeure clause. And people, I just, I think people will just don't realise that as their eyes are glossing over the force majeure clause, which they think has an absolute meaning generally and, and is essentially dealt with in the same way from contract to contract. The reality is it's not. And you need to go back to, you know, and if supply is an important part of your business, you need to understand, particularly if there's a financial issue for your business based around a f- failure to supply or a delay in supply, then you need to really understand how force majeure clauses might operate in your own supply chain. And, and also to ensure that you have some sort of backing or mirroring between contracts where um, you are required to supply versus the contracts that you have for supply with your suppliers. So making sure you've got back-to-back provisions or mirror provisions between those um situations. I was actually having a discussion with another lawyer today who who was talking about, um, I was talking about force majeure clause and they said, well, it's funny you mentioned that because we've got an issue at the moment with, they had an issue with a large publisher who was uh, planning to come to Australia to provide video content effectively for this particular organization that had a really uh, a large ad campaign about to about to be produced um, and then uh, delivered and one of the problems was the force majeure clause in this contract between the Australian entity and the um, publisher from overseas who now couldn't come to Australia because of course uh, the events that have caused the issues with uh, people coming in from overseas now being needed to go into isolation for two weeks. The force majeure clause just didn't deal with this situation. So the Mm. force majeure clause was really vague and, you, you know, it became this end client now had this issue that potentially they were going to be exposed to paying for the services without the services being able to be provided. Mm. Now, this is an example of how force majeure clauses, when not dealt with with enough detail, you know, can create a lot of loss for an organisation who hasn't thought through these um, sorts of issues. Absolutely. You want to make sure in those sorts of circumstances where you've got back-to-back obligations between different parties that the force majeure clauses line up Absolutely. in each individual contract so that where you've got some potential exposure, you're mitigating that exposure in terms of your supply chain. So maybe if we then just talk uh, really quickly about some action points for people can think about moving forward. I guess the very first thing to think about is, do you have any potential supply issues or delivery issues? And if so, what do your contracts at the moment say about this? What are the force majeure provisions? Absolutely. Pull your contracts out and have a look at these force majeure clauses and start sort of taking an analysis of what those clauses say and whether you think you're going to be covered if your supply chain is interrupted because of the coronavirus outbreak. Um, And then, you know, it may be a situation where we can look at um, making appropriate amendments to contracts to address 
yeah. the pandemic. In an ideal world, if we, if you're currently in the midst of your contract negotiations, these are the sorts of issues you want to be addressing now before the terms of the agreement are finalised. We want to be having a look at those force majeure clauses now and making sure that they cover things like pandemics, epidemics, infectious diseases, viral outbreaks, quarantine periods, um, biological contaminations, as well as things like territory entry and exit restrictions and work stoppages. And then generally speaking, other adverse actions by government agencies. Mm. You know, those are the sorts of issues that we're finding now are things that we want to see being dealt with in these force majeure clauses. Absolutely. And and I guess the other point is if you have issues in a supply relationship or a client relationship where the force majeure clauses are not clear, which is quite possibly the case. Um, in relation so, look, well, this to- is something that's very, you know, nobody's really had to deal with at this level before, certainly that's not right. now in our lifetimes as and, and during our careers as practitioners. So, you know, it's highly unlikely that we're going to be seeing force majeure clauses in contracts that are addressing pandemics and epidemics and biological hazards and things like that. Um, yeah. Kudos to the people that foresaw that coming and included it. But, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how many of those are out there. So I think you're right, Joe. I think what we're going to see is probably a situation where the contracts are not either not including the force majeure clause or more likely they're not adequately worded to address the impacts of coronavirus at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And so in those situations, I strongly encourage you to, to take your contracts down to your lawyer, have them p- properly looked at, um, and then, you know, there, there are options. There are always options that we can seek. It may be an amendment of the clause if the parties agree and the contract allows. And then, you know, in the situation where the force majeure is not adequate, an amendment's not possible for whatever reason, there are, you know, other options that we can explore with you. Things like relying on frustration, which is I think a subject of a whole separate podcast, Joe. <laughs> um, and we're not talking, however, the frustration that everyone no, is feeling at the moment. A, different, a, a much different kind of frustration. That's right, that's but right. I guess the other thing as well is it's also about um, taking, it's, it's stepping out on the front foot. So it's also driving discussions right now. So one of the things that parties can do at the moment where this might be an issue in their business and where the clauses that they're dealing with relating to force majeure aren't sufficiently clear is really driving discussion with the counter parties, being on the front foot and using legal mechanisms to set the position first. So there's a lot of things that we can do from a legal perspective to try and help set you up properly to put you on the front foot to try and deal with any, you know, um, lack of clarity or vagaries in the contract around this. So I think the message out there is, number one, where supply is an issue, either for you as a supplier or in relation to your supply chain, number one, pull out the contracts, have a look at the force majeure provisions. Number two, get on the front foot. And I I think we're expecting to see a lot of inquiries in relation to force majeure clauses. And of course, let's um, be honest, we will be seeing, we are seeing a lot of inquiry in relation to termination of contracts, cancellations, of course, as well as employment issues, which we'll talk about later on. But in relation to these areas from a 
contractual perspective, the recommendation is get on the front foot, speak to your lawyers, and of course, we can assist, but very quickly so that you're ahead of the issue yes. rather than, um, you know, now having to put out fires after the event. I mean, absolutely. I think it's always a better position, generally speaking, in business to be on the front foot rather than reactive to circumstances. So, yeah, I think you're you're right there, Joe. that the message is get the contracts out now before you start experiencing these issues if you haven't already and before, you know, your counterparty starts coming to you with you know, termination of contract. Let's, you know, be on the front foot, as you said. Let's review. Let's see what your options are. And then we can just take it from there and really set you up so that the, the impact on your business from coronavirus is minimalised and mitigated as much as possible. Absolutely. Well, look, that's it for uh, from us uh, here at Aspect Legal today. Um, as I said um, in the introduction, we're looking at providing you with proactive advice that will help protect your businesses going into this uncertain area. We will continue to be providing information about uh, what you can be doing in your businesses and within your contracts and dealing with your contracts uh, moving forward. So watch your space for our future episodes of Talking Law. And if you're interested in speaking to Robin or any of our other amazing legal eagles here at Aspect Legal about any of your contracts or in particular your force majeure clauses, then head over to our website website at talkinglaw.com.au or our uh, legal firm website aspectlegal.com.au. Um, there you'll be able to find a download of um, information all about our discussion about the implication on commercial contracts and a transcript of this episode, but you'll also be able to find out how to contact uh, Robin and our other legal eagles for free for an initial discussion on our website via our Speak to a Lawyer Now button. We hope that that has been useful information for you. We'll be back next week with some more. Robin, thank you so much for coming on board to chat to um, all of our listeners today. Thank you for having me, Joe. Look forward to the next one. And that's it for today's episode. As we said in the future, we'll be publishing more information to help businesses prepare and deal with the uncertain times that we're living in, but we're aiming to do this from a positive perspective for you all. So anyway, uh, don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you enjoyed what you heard today. Thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. looking for a top quality legal team to assist you in your organisation? Aspect Legal is an innovative commercial legal practice that specialises in providing fast and professional services for their clients. If you'd like to chat about how we might be able to assist you, simply head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au to book in a time for a free discussion with one of our lawyers. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au. 